and ride with me in my foul life. You good, Joel? I'm good, man. I was uh, listening outside. It sounded like 15, 20 guns under one. It did. Canada goose hunting. That's a lot. That's too many. Here I am again on a soapbox, but. Well, they don't need a plug, though. They don't need a plug. That's true. So it's seven. So let's say you're not in New York and you're down in Arkansas on one of these spec hunts. You've seen these pictures in Arkansas lately with 30, 40, 60 hunters. In a, in a line and ground blinds and just laying into specs because these outfitters find them in the field and they all have permission, so they all team up. Like, is there too many guns you could have in a blind? You guys hunt big groups, too. Yes. You guys hunt sometimes 10 people. We do, but I don't prefer it. So is there a certain amount of guns that we should limit our hunts to in the waterfowl world? That's a great question, but you come up to the conundrum of showing up at a field and someone else is at the field. You got a group of five, they got a group of five. Well, do you give up something that both parties have been seriously scouting to just go take a chance on a traffic field or do you hunt with them? Some of the best experiences I've ever had have been with new guys I've never met before, but I'm going to tell you what, it's a very long and intense safety talk before that kind of shoot because safety's always of utmost importance and that when you start stretching every person you add to a line you're adding a degree of of potential failure human or mechanical that could potentially cause injury or death and that's something very serious to, to take when you're in the field so when you have bigger groups the main reason i don't love giant groups is because of the safety aspect I mean, you're not going to shoot as many birds either because the hide can never be as good for 15 Then why people. do you run 10 people? Because, you know, one of the great things about waterfowl hunting is getting to new, know new people who are in the field, learning from I'm them. Not looking for, them. I'm not looking for the feel-good statement. I'm looking for, you just said it was dangerous, and it can become dangerous the more you add 10 people <clears throat> in ground blinds with 30 shots going off because you can have two in the magazine, one in the chamber. It's too many. So I'm saying it's too many opinions, which we know are facts now. So what are, <laughs> what are we doing with 10 people? If you just said you don't prefer it and you're the hunt leader, do you have a hard time saying no? Do you have a hard time saying, let's take turns. You five today, you four coming with me tomorrow. Do you have to go out and rape them every single time you kill geese? No, of course not. Then why do you have 10 people? 100% pe- no. I'm not in it for the pile. Every pick. time I see a picture of you guys, it's never four people. It's always 10. Minimum of nine or 10. In every picture you send holding the banners, which I appreciate the support, but every picture is nine, 10 people on every hunt. It's been that way this year. It was that way and last I'd year. I'd say out of the 10 hunts or so, five or six of them, we showed up at the field and there was another group. And we chose to hunt with that group versus... Number one, getting in an argument about it, which I'm not interested in doing, or uh, some of the other members of the hunt who've sponsored the hunter, that's their field. Um, you know, you, whoever, the general rule is whoever finds the field or scouts the field that finds the feed is kind of the ad hoc leader of that hunt, right? 
I guess. I mean, because they're the they're the one who answers ultimately answers to the farmer. But is there any is there any leadership taking place? We talked on an earlier podcast that the blinds aren't being grasped enough because the leader's not making sure that his his help are doing their job. And now we're saying that the leader can't tell that we're going to take turns so we don't have 10 guns in the field. So here's a philosophical question to you. Okay. When you come to a field, and I mean, in this life, very often leadership uh, defaults to the oldest person who's there, one of the older folks, you know, the, the fathery figure type. And when I'm hunting, I'm 99% of the time the oldest person in that hunting group. I run around with a lot of 25-year-olds because those are the kids who hunt as intensely as I do. There aren't many people hunting as intensely as I do at 51 years old. And the default leadership usually goes to the older folks who've been doing it longer, you know, hunting longer. And a stark realization I had the other day that even though I started later in life, I didn't start hunting till I was 38 and I'm 51 right now. When I'm hunting with a 25 year old, I've still been hunting longer than they have because if they started at 12 or 13 or 15, they've been hunting fewer years than I have from 38 to 51. So you have a certain degree of leadership, but it's not something that's voted on and decided that this guy's the boss uh, because you've got other people in the group who've got their strong opinions about hide, about decoy placement, uh, about calling. I mean, Dave Nelson, for example, one of his nicknames is Decoy Dave because he's pretty good at decoy setup. So he kind of defaults to being the decoy guy. And when you show up to a field, whomever's field it is kind of has the say as to whether we're going to ditch it. And everybody's anticipating hunting and excited about it and getting up at three in the morning to go do it. You don't want to go from a field that had 120 geese in it uh, to go traffic geese when you got up at three in the morning, drove an hour and a half, uh, and there just happens to be another group there. So I would say more often than not, it, we hunt with the other group as long as it's amicable and the safety speech is given and people are safe. And so feel, you have no problem safe. at that point standing up with 10 guns or like sitting up with 10 guns and blazing into a group of geese with, with 200 pellets per round, 600 pellets per go for each hunter, 6,000 BBs in the air per go. That's not usually how we do. I mean, that's not how we, most people unload their gun. No, I'm, I'm telling you if we, if we've got eight people in a row or 10 people in a row that, we have the talk about shooting your lanes ahead of time. And if it's on that end, so we usually have a caller on each end and then the people on the other end don't shoot. I would say it's incredibly rare. Okay. So up here where we're at, up here where we're at, no plug in the gun. Yeah. Seven shells maximum legally up here. Six and one. You think they'd stop at four people per group. You got 10, 12, 15 people in a group. With seven shots each on Canada geese. Is that right? Ten, ten shots with no, seven ten shots guns with to, seven shots is 70 shots. Times 200 BBs each. It's 14,000 BBs in the air. <laughs> That's crazy to think about, isn't it? Well, the crossfire, the, the, the pellets, the geese running into pellets, the ones in the back that are getting pelted with pellets that you're shooting through when you're shooting your bird, the cripples that could come out of it. So we're up here in upstate New York and we're killing them. I get it. I'm unapologetic about it, but is it right? Is it right to have seven 
gun, seven shells per gun and then run big groups. And then they're going to tell me that you can kill 15 now. And then as soon as the regular season opens, you can kill one. Right. Well, no shit. You just got done freaking killing every goose in the flyway during the September season with seven shells with a 15 bird man limit per and, day. And every single person <laughs> is going to give you a nuanced, different answer for that question, because every single person has their personal ethics uh, about harvesting waterfowl. Um, I hate injured birds. That drives me bonkers when a bird lands and it's injured. Uh, there are people who are yelling, get back in the blind, get back. There's more coming, more coming. I think it's more important to get out and, and uh, you know, put that animal that that's God's creature, put it out of its misery. If it's going on the dinner table, which I completely agree with and do almost every day of my life. I think that's far more important than making sure you're hidden so you can blast at another group of 15 coming in. You didn't answer my question, though. From my perspective, is that right? Mm-hmm. Who are we to say if it's right or wrong, right? I get that I, attitude. That's kind of where I'm at. I don't know. Who am I to say? Everyone's going to have a different answer as to it's right or wrong. Have I hunted with 10 people in the field? Absolutely. Often. More often than I'd like to. It's kind of if you had your druthers, you know, what would you rather do? I'd rather hunt with four or five people. Jack, need you on the podcast. I would rather hunt with four or five people. Jack, you are a guy that always talks about you're not going to go on an outfitted hunt. You're not going to go with um, a guide. You're going to go public land, boat, find them on the water, get in there. It might be buffleheads, might be golden eyes, might be a mallard, the occasional gray duck. You're going to shoot your ducks that you scouted, that you found in the backwaters, that you're going to get maybe have to get to a boat dock early, a boat ramp to a public area. Right. You've been with Joel and these guys in Wisconsin a bunch on hunts where they load the field up with 10 to 12, a dozen guns. You've seen it in New York, this trip with seven rounds per gun with 10, 12, 15 shooters in a bunch. How does that make you feel as a hunter when you are self-acclaimed? I'm going by my, you like to hunt by yourself a lot. How does that sit in your stomach of ethics morals and the respect for the animal with that many guns going off um you know as different as the style of hunting i do like you're saying compared to what they do it doesn't bother me because people i'm a believer that people can hunt their own ways and i don't know i guess you could technically they're not being unethical about it. I know it's a lot of guns. I would way rather not hunt that many guns, and I get why you could think it's unethical, but I also think that hunters should be able to hunt however they like to if they want to party hunt with 10 to 15 guns, as long as they're being safe, as long as you know they're kind of playing by the rules and not everyone's blasting off at once. Sometimes it does happen. Well, there's no there's no law against how many guys can go into a group, but as, hunter, a- as hunters, don't you think – that you would say, wait a minute, that many shots going off. I mean, what are you really trying to do? Are you just trying to pile them up so you can take a picture with them? Because you really don't know if you're killing any. If that many guns are going off, do you really know that you're sitting there going, how do you know that the guy next to you and the guy next to you and the guy next to him is not shooting at the same bird? Right. Like, is that like, I'm not saying I'm against it. I'm just playing the devil's advocate here and asking questions because these volleys I'm hearing out here do not sound like Canada goose hunting. 
It's oh, nutty. Yeah, it is crazy. Big time. Well, yeah, I think people can just, they can hunt how they want. Some people like to party hunt. They get the big groups. Like a lot of times, what did we have that last year? 17 man Canada goose hunt. Oh, wow. Now there's more coming out now. 18 guys, Joel. Um, but that was wow, like a, that Joel. was a one-time thing. I know they're like, they do it once. Is, is it even fun? Is it even fun? I, I, you know, I much prefer. I actually. No, no, no. The microphone. You got to have the microphone. Oh. Can't hear you. I much prefer knowing what, knowing exactly the, the geese that I hit. That's more challenging to me. And it's more satisfying to me when I connect with a goose. I'm more and more, the older I get, the more experienced I get in goose hunting, the less I pull the trigger. And I, I can't sit up as fast as these youngsters. I can't do it. I mean, I pop up, I shoulder that gun. By the time I put my bead on a gun, it happened, it happened the other day when we were hunting here by the time i stand up in the corn everything i put a bead on or get ahead of as it's coming in is already falling out of the sky so i i make a joke to the guys that i play cleanup and i know what i hit because half the time i'm shooting after everyone's emptied their gun i prefer to know what i'm shooting at and know if i hit it and i'll take the rap if i miss but i much prefer shooting you know in smaller groups i much prefer it that doesn't mean i don't like it everybody like everybody who likes roller coasters will still go on the tilt-a-whirl but they prefer going on mm, the american Eagle. that's more of an adrenaline thing and I, i'm talking about this isn't an adrenaline that's not adrenaline to have 10 guys going off with a gun it can still be an enjoyable experience mm, calling the geese in you can't talk to everybody in that hunt you're too no, far away from the guys to on the, the guy island. next to you. Okay, but you can do that when it's just two of you. That's true. And you know what you hit. You're not crippling as many birds with crossfire Every and all time. the BBs being Correct. sent. And you know what? Frankly, you don't have to be as concerned when you're running in front of guns to pick up dead birds either. Yeah. That's the number one thing. a lot more to worry about. Where dogs hunters all that's of it. a speech i give every time we hunt is when someone's going to collect birds make sure your safeties are on and fingers are away from the gun guns it you know what you're getting at is what is the tipping point you're asking a tipping point question you were saying what is the tipping point between something that's legal regardless however your own morals and ethics and philosophy in your head stops you from taking it to the next step what's the line and i think the answer is it's a gray area i don't think and I, I personally, that it is my duty to tell somebody to, else whether a legal activity is an ethical decision in their mind. I, and that's not the question. The question is, how do you feel about it? Is it okay to see it? And is it okay to do that to the animal? Mm. If you have 30 finishing and you have four guys shooting at them, that's 12 shots still. You have 10 guys shooting at them. That's 30 shots with hundreds of BBs going into the pattern of where these geese are landing and backflapping. Is it really that fun for a hunt just to stack birds up like that? It's not very intimate when you're, it's not very intimate with the hunters because there's so many you can't talk to them all. And it's sure as heck not intimate with the birds because you really don't know what you're killing. And then, when you when it's the go is the volley is said and done 
You're running around with 15 birds picking them up. Go ahead, Jack. You're going to say something. Well, I was just going to say, I mean, birds are getting wounded, I think, no matter what's how many guns are shooting at them. Like, 100%, but that means that isn't it our job to man- manage that? Yeah, it's, that's just a tough area. It's but a, I get it, that's a lot of pellets going into a lot of geese. That could be a lot of just wounded birds, but you could say even if you have four guys, you shoot into a 10 flock, you're probably – gonna wound some geese and put some pellets into some flying away sure you are and that's why why would you have 10 guys shooting at those 10 birds because that's maybe a higher kill rate then well maybe but it's also you don't know if you killed one yourself you're just thinking you did i I guess my question is do we just look forward to the the after fact like when we go into a situation with 10 birds are we looking for a big group a big pile of geese to get a picture with because I'm my question is why can't you manage it or these guys and say, Jack, you and your three buddies are coming today. Tomorrow, Eli, you and your four buddies are coming. They're my fields. They're my network with my farmers. I do all the legwork to get these hunts going. We don't need a 10 to 12 guys, 17 guys on a hunt. That's my question. Our first day up here, we hunted with 10 guys. Did you have fun? Mm, I don't know any of them. I had fun with you down there, but I, I didn't. I had a blast. I had, I had fun when the guys would walk, the guides would walk down here and talk with us, but I didn't talk to any of them other guys. One guy I talked to, I didn't know any of them. They're not my friends. I mean, I like meeting new hunters in camp, but I don't like necessarily hunting with strangers. No, I don't. I like hunting with people that I know. And I, trust. I know and trust, and I know their ins, the ins and outs of the hunt with them. Not that you you don't you can't form that with new people, but and I'm not bitching. I'm just saying, is it cool to be in that group? There was a lot of shooters in that group. Over ten, there was ten shooters. It's just a question because I heard these volleys ten minutes ago. I heard those volleys and I was like, oh my gosh, or is that target practice or is that goose hunting? I'm pretty sure it was goose hunting. Do you like the idea of the no plug for these migrators coming to this part of New York? I, to be honest with you, I've never, like I said, I like to be fairly methodical, methodical about shooting because it's taken me a while to get up. I never, I don't know ever once if I've needed more than three in a gun. So I've never thought about it. I mean, I'm, I didn't even ask you, are, are, do our guns have plugs in them? Yes. Yeah, I, so I never take them out of the vanilla. Yeah, so I shot three times on the goes. I, I didn't shoot. I didn't shoot many goes the other day because I was working tough. Yeah, in Wisconsin, I mean, I shoot a Benelli. I've shot a Benelli ever since I started hunting, and when I in turkey season in Wisconsin, you don't need a plug. But I don't pull the plug out when I go turkey hunting. If you can't kill a turkey with your three shots, you shouldn't be out hunting turkey, is my opinion. Sure, but so I didn't even really think about not having a plug in the gun. I'm there's no fourth shot i'm taking that is a good shot no that's why when you have that many guns that's meant for snow goose hunting just and put a bb in them and get the cripples and then finish them up on the ground that's the conservation season with no plug extended magazine tubes i'm not hey look it is it's cool it's the only state you can do it in we're getting to experience it i think nick and the guys do a heck of a job 
my question is, do you have to have that many guys in a hunt group? Well, the, the answer to that is no, you don't. True. And the answer to that from my perspective is it is more enjoyable with fewer people. But it doesn't mean I don't enjoy it with 10. But you do it every day with 10. I don't do it every day with 10. Mm, would you say 90%? The, the, the hunt I had bef- the day before I came here was me and another well, guy, because, and I didn't have a gun. That's because that was, you know, where there were special conditions to that. That wasn't like a real hunt. That wasn't like one of your group hunts. No. Right. So our, I know. Our group has got seven guys in it, seven uh, guys and, and uh, women in it. Really? And if they're all coming, there's seven of us. And then if three kids are at the field or four people are at the field, then all of a sudden you're at 10 or 11. I, for me, I'd rather, I will say this. I would rather have my five guys and another group of three or four become friends, team up and work as a, work as a group to, to, brush and blinds and hide and hunt with that 10 then make one of the two groups give up what they've started to that point because by the point you're there at the field you've got a lot of planning invested already you're on the you know it's absolutely nuts my wife i think her eyes get stuck in the back there's of her a head. lot of ground there's a lot of landowners there's a lot of opportunity you said if you only have access or permission to one or two farms, then you're not doing your job and you're lazy. That's true. So then I then what you're saying is doesn't ring true to me because these guys can go find their own hunts and you guys don't have to team up on the same field all the time. Yes, Chad, but three o'clock, three thirty in the morning when you show up at that field you plan to hunt and didn't know someone else was going to be there, then it's a little late to start making another plan to go hunt somewhere else. You always have a plan B. True true so it's not too late to go do something else that plan b is not going to appeal to the other people what other people in your group so what you're the hunt leader they're going to want it they're you're going making to want the to best call the for the group they know those geese are coming there so they want to shoot with 10 people instead of just going and finding more personal hunt i would say yes really i'm just being honest with you Human nature, and I'm a people pleaser too. That's that's a fault. I will I will on this podcast admit my faults, Chad. I will admit my faults. I got a ton of them. But I will admit my faults, and one of my faults is that I'm a people pleaser, and at that stage of the game, I'm worried about pissing people off. And there's I don't so, know how you can piss people off. It's the ethics of the hunt. Well, Do now we- number one. Because not everybody agrees with your ethics. I'm not even sure I necessarily agree that it's unethical. I don't think it's unethical to put 10 people in a field and hunt with them. Sure it is. We just did it. It's unethical, though. It's not a matter of like what position we got put into. It's It was more of... We could have said no. 100%. We could have said too many people in the field will hunt a different day. It doesn't or mean it's field. not unethical. It does. Look... Ethics is... You're saying that that wall of fire is ethical on a flock of Canada geese. You're saying that's ethical for seven shots per gun and 10 guns going off into a wall of geese or a wall of fire with geese coming in to fake decoys. You're already tricking them. You're already deceiving these geese. And now you're going to put them through a wall of fire of 70 rounds times 200 BBs per round. 
Do you think they have a chance of not getting hit with 14,000 BBs in the air? Not much. And you're saying that's ethical or that you might not agree with me that it's not. I'm going to tell you that I have not put enough intricate thought. You don't need to into the ethics of that. To you don't decide need to, you don't need to think on that ethical. that much. That's an easy one. There is a reason that there is a 15 bird per person per day limit here right now. And is that there? reason is a conservation reason. Okay. I am talking about 70 rounds going off at one flock of geese on almost every go. I'm not talking about the limit. The limit in regular season states in some states is eight. You can kill eight geese a day in Oklahoma. You're not hunting without a plug, and you're definitely, I mean, I'm sure people hunt with 10 people down there. People hunt with 10 people everywhere. It's a lot of people. Even when there's a limit of one goose per day, I'll bet you find groups of 10. Sure, I'm sure. I bet you you do. I bet you do. So is it ethical? That's going to depend on who you ask. Ethics is a matter of philosophical discernment. And it varies person to person to person. Okay. And I'm asking you where you're at ethically on these. That's how this conversation started. I'm when not, we heard those I, haven't, I, haven't, I haven't decided. I, I'm going to probably say that I think it is ethical. And I know you, you just said you disagree with that and that's okay. But I do think it's ethical because part of what is going to maintain a healthy population of these geese at this time, the molt migrators, which is what we're hunting, is the conservation which equals harvest of larger numbers of geese. And again, for me, ethics has a lot to do. Ethics to me, the main point of ethics in hunting is what happens to the animal after it's killed. And if that what about those animals that don't die? Utilized, what about the animals in that flock that don't die and they fly away with BBs in their ass in pain? You are all, you cannot hunt uh, without collateral damage. That is a part of hunting. Okay, so ethically, is collateral damage going to go up when you have seventy rounds going off per flock of Canada geese? It could be it could be argued that it goes down because you're going to have a higher kill percentage. But what about all the birds that fly away in every flock? That happens if there's one hunter or 20. That's what I'm saying. But when there's 20 hunters, the amount of BBs in the air are tenfold. But it doesn't change it if those five hunters are a different field doing the same thing. Sure it does. 100%. There's not that many BBs in the air. There's not as much collateral damage. You got a lower, a lower group, a lower number of hunters. You're easier to pick your geese out. Because not everybody, there's not enough, there's not too many people shooting at the geese. So you're able to shoot your lanes easier. I mean, how many lanes are there in a 10 person blind? There ain't 10 lanes. Three They're, or four. Three or four. So you're everybody's shooting the same birds. Shooting at the same group of birds that same are in birds. front of you. Same birds. If there's 10 dudes in three or four lanes out in front if of you. If those geese are being eaten at the end of the day, that see, that's where I draw my line of ethics. If those geese are being eaten, being eaten at the end of the day, that's ethical to me.
you're sure you're basing it all on you have no problem with that wall of fire you have no problem with that wall of fire i didn't say i had no problem is it ethical it. for 70 shots to go you're off on a flock words of in my, i didn't say i have no problem with it is it okay for 70 shots to go off on a flock of Canada geese? 70. Do you think it is? I absolutely do not. I don't enjoy it one bit. My hunting is tricking them and sitting up and picking my two birds out and going, and getting them with my dog and then coming back and tricking the next flock. That's the best. I know. I like being with groups of three, four, five people. And I like taking turns. I like saying, you two shoot these, this group. I like doing that too. So is it okay for 70 shots to go off on this wall of fire at a group of Canada geese? Probably not. You just said you think it is ethically good. No, I didn't say it's ethically good. We can listen to the tape. You said I didn't say it's ethically good. You said it's ethical. I think it's ethical if you are eating what you kill. That is my ultimate measurement. And you're talking about gray areas within that. Gray areas? I'm talking about a wall of fire. Gray areas of ethics and people's beliefs. I do not have a problem with geese dying within the parameters of the law if they're going to be eaten. 100% 100% We didn't have we we had plugs in our guns 100% I agree with you on that statement but I'm simply asking you Joel Clayfish is it okay for 70 shots to go off at a flock of Canada geese 70 shots 10 hunters 7 rounds per gun 200 to 250 BBs per round is it ethically okay in your mind and your soul and your compassionate little Wisconsin heart probably not I said If God was here, we could ask him. Then we'd have a definite answer. How do you know he's not? Well, he is, but he doesn't always answer the way you want. God's plan is not always ours, Chad Belding. I don't I don't disagree with that at all. I think everything happens I for a reason. I don't know is my answer. I don't know. I didn't really even think about it the other day. I didn't I had I fun on know. that hunt and I enjoyed it and I liked the I liked it. It was it was neat, but when I walked outside and I heard those goes, I was like, that doesn't sound like waterfowl hunting to me. I mean, they were literally seven to eight second that goes, 10 crazy. second it was, goes. It was crazy. Sounded like a war zone. It doesn't sound like waterfowl hunting to me. So, but who are we to say what waterfowl hunting is to someone else? Who are we to say that? I'm not. If they're within the parameters of the law. I'm not. I'm simply asking. I'm not asking about I'm, law. Look, I'll tell you what. I'm much. I'm ten times more pissed off with the guy who throws a bird in a ditch than I am with the guy who sat with ten hunters. Hundred percent. I don't know a lot of hunters that'll throw a bird in but a ditch. But that's though. why there are different. Neither do I. But I know it happens. That's why. There are laws in place because laws are supposed to mirror ethics. That's what laws are. Laws are the consequence of perceived ethics by lawmakers. So they're a basis. 
Laws don't always equal right and wrong, and we've talked about that. But there's best case scenario, worst case scenario, and somewhere in between. And I think this discussion falls in somewhere in between. You're going to get, you know, for these, for the guides, for the outfitters, 10 guys in a field is bread and butter. So, you know, let me ask you a question. What if they limited their groups? What if they said, you know, I'm not doing more than five guys, right? Uh, But then they're not making the money they need to make to supply somebody else who's putting food uh, on, on his table and a house over his head. Who are we to say that's not ethical to put more guys so that they can su- support and employ more people? They easily can make a living off of four to six guys in a group. Lots of outfitters do it all year round. I'm sure they do. <laughs> but it's not my place to say that they shouldn't make I, it make more money on more hunters. I don't question that at all. I don't I don't deny that nor argue that at all. I'm simply asking you if it's okay for 70 shots to go off on a flock of Canada geese. That's what we're dealing with here. We're not dealing with I'm not dealing with and I the revenue pro- streams of an not. outfitter. Probably not. But you enjoyed it. I the hunt? Yeah. Yes. But I would have much more enjoyed the hunt if it was just you and me sitting there. And kill 30. <laughs> Taking our time. Taking our that would have been awesome. Shooting singles and doubles and just watching the big flocks land. Would have been pretty good. Yeah, that would have been great. But that ain't happening with ten people lined up. I know this. And I will say this. As it, ha- as it was with 10 people lined up, it was still pretty fantastic uh, that the shot calls didn't happen until those geese were actually finishing over the decoys. Sure, the guides are great here. Nobody was shooting great over hunters. their heads. Nobody was shooting stuff behind us. I mean, it was, the hide was phenomenal. It was comfortable, beautiful weather, good wind. There's so many aspects that makes something better, worse, or, or, or mediocre. And that's, that's part of life's joy and experiences is understanding the range. You can't understand what a good hunt is unless you've had a bad hunt. We've all had bad hunts. Of course. But that's what makes the good ones so great. But those good ones have to have 70 shots going off at a group of Canada geese. No, they do not. That's all I'm asking. Of course they don't. I just think of it as a wall of fire. Nobody knows what they're hitting. You're there's too many cripples to even count. If they if something falls over here over there, we really don't know because we're all there's so many birds that are dying. I knew what I was hitting because I was the last one to shoot every time. I just see a lot wrong with it. With that many guns going off, that many shots going off. Then you take that to Arkansas on a two or three bird spec limit and you got groups of Eli. Is Eli in here? You get groups of, he's got pictures on his phone. Is Eli in here? He's got pictures on his phone of a, hey, 40 to 50, 60 hunters in the field in a line. That's insanity. Why are you bitching at me about 10? Because it starts there. <laughs> <clears throat> I think it's cool to, to to be a hunter. Trust me, I do. 
I love this lifestyle. But 70 shots at a group of Canada geese, you could draw the line at five people in there and just have 35 shots. Pretty good math, hey, Joel? Yeah, that's quick-witted right there. But you know what? We wouldn't even... Our group could have five guys, and it's not going to have seven shots per guy because we we all have our plugs in. I, You know what? Once, one time the other day, I emptied my gun. One time. On that hunt that you're talking about, you know, when we harvested more than 40 birds, I did not even go through one box of shells. I, I didn't go through half a box. I, well, I bet you I had duff. I wasn't shooting You that were much. working with your dog a lot, I, but I'm just saying, I did not go through a single box, a whole box of shells. Because half the time, I watched and didn't shoot. And when I did shoot, I shot one once or twice. And when I shot, I always shot last. Not not ten, because it's anyone's fault, because I'm not as fast as everyone else. So Matt I, was a good shot too, and he was right next to me. Matt, Matt and I were shooting this Matt Williams and I were shooting the same zone and he was a crack shot. Matt Williams the man. You know what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna get Nick McNamara, the owner of this place. And I'm gonna bring him in here and talk about this area, this malt migration. I'm gonna talk to him about this size of the groups, the no plug in the gun going from 15 birds this time of year to a one bird limit for the rest of the year in New York when you're shooting a lot of the same geese that are just getting here. I mean, it's only like a week off or something or two weeks off in right. October. They go down to one bird. It's a couple weeks away. That makes no sense, right? Like, it's crazy. Um, you talk about, like, you talk about revenue. You talk about having to get get it while, get the hay made and get the hay bailed while the sun shine and make hay while the sun shine. You talk about, I'm not coming to New York to kill one goose a day. Yeah, no, that's it. I won't come to Maryland. I used to come to Maryland when it was two birds. I'm not going to the Eastern shore to kill one goose a day. Yeah, but those massive limits, that's just nutty. I mean, I got I had arthritis kicking in after cleaning 10 birds Right, this but morning. you go to Nebraska, Colorado, Kansas, Oklahoma, Texas, and kill a good amount of birds in the regular season. You know, after you get done in Canada where it's 16 birds a day, eight geese, eight ducks, it's pretty good. That's you crazy. come here, you kill 15 birds a day, and it goes down to one. He's not going to have a lot of bookings right in the regular season. Who's going to pay to come kill one goose? I wouldn't think many people would. He's oh, probably got a really loyal customer, client this base. This area's got a lot to offer, too. I oh, mean, yeah, the beauty of this area is unbelievable. It's beautiful. But, you know, Wisconsin, we got a, a three-goose regular season. And it, it only recently it used to be two goose a day. Now it's three three geese a day, regular season. I think that's a fantastic number, to be honest with you. Three. I think three geese a day is a fantastic number. I love it. I love it. And I think it's perfect from a hunter's perspective. Because when I kill those three geese, they're going right into the Traeger that day. Yeah. And they're getting eaten for dinner. And that's about what my family, my family will eat one and a half to two geese. And then guess what? I got burritos for the crew the next day. It's perfect. I don't, I do not argue that one bit. I just simply wanted to know of the wall of fire i think you, that that sounds like a song you, that we should write well that's like the ring of fire but yeah, i know that, that's like you you stand up with that many guns pointing at you those geese got to be just literally like uh oh shit yeah i would imagine i would imagine okay so do you do a good job on a hunt like that of dividing the geese up when nobody knows what they're killing 
do you say, okay, you take one, you take three, you take four, and you have your own pile behind you until it gets to 15? It's going to take a while. You're supposed to. In this early season here, it seems like this is out. This is like the West. It's like the wild, wild West. Do you really have to, are there any laws here for this this season? No plug. You got to have a license. Um, you don't even need a specific. There's no water fast license. No, here. just like buy Nothing. this and go do this. Buy a license, get your hip survey. You're good to go. For a state that is known for its gun laws and how liberal it is here. That blows my mind. They, it's like you come up here and you just kill everything. The dichotomy of New York and what you think of New York and how unbelievably restrictive they are and the legislature here is. And then you go and, uh, you know, one of the guides even said, oh, it's like the Wild West up here. No, oh, they did. I didn't hear that. Yeah. It's like it's it's like West Texas or something. It's different. It's, it's less restrictive than West Texas. Right. And you're out there with no plugs. You can have a pile of 15 behind you. Eli. That's nutty. Come here, Eli. Get on the mic. Ellie's Eli up says, in the house. Oh, gosh. Right no, here. you just use Joel's. I hear geese on Jack's phone, I think. Uh, I think you do. Maybe his laptop. You got any of those pictures on your phone of those big groups in Arkansas that you've seen this? You're a social media wizard. You've seen these groups of guides that get together and the speckle belly dry field hunts I'm talking about in Arkansas. Oh, how many, gosh, how many guys have you seen on a field? Uh, and a I picture. Last year for the spec opener, I saw somebody post. They had like 49 or 50 guns in the blind. You hearing this, Joel? What fun is that? That's not fun. That's like, you've got to have, I, that's just, that's like 10 A-frames or panel blinds. That's for one, the hide has to be insanely ridiculous for that many people. Why? With that many guns going off, you just get them at a mile and let them have it. <laughs> be a dove shoot at that point. Let them have it. Give her full send 49 I, or 50 guns in a blind. I mean, I would be look. I look at them like, You're, what? No. That'll ruin spec hunting in Arkansas. 100% that'll ruin spec hunting. They will educate those specs, and that's going to start educating the snow geese too because those snows and specs hang out in that season. Yeah. That many guns going off, you wonder why snow geese are so smart as they start to make their move north? Dude, they're going to educate everything with that size of groups. That is not hunting. That is a fire line. Ethically, Joel, is that hunting? 49 guns? But 10 is. Now 10 don't seem like too much, does it? Well, you're talking about 10 guns in a blind here. No plug. Seven. You don't have to have a plug here. You know right, that, right? Right. Seven shells. You heard these volleys out here 40 yeah. minutes ago. They do you were, think, they do were you, back to back to back. Do you think that's cool that Canada geese are getting shot out by 10, 12 guys at a time with seven shots? At least 70 shells going off at a time with 200 BBs in each shell. 14,000 BBs being sent into the air at a flock of Canada geese. I don't think it's safe at all. I don't I don't think it's it's different when it's this type of season, I think. For snow geese though, you do the same thing, no plugs. Right. But but the government's telling us to yeah. kill every one of them. Yeah. That's kind of what they're telling you here. That's but you can only next week you can only kill next week you can only kill one. Right. But so right really now not. the government's kind of telling you kill every one. It's a little confusing. Well, no doubt. But most things the government does is confusing. Ooh, he did say that. He just went there. 
This government or all governments? All government. Government overstep. Government's famous for overstepping. You'd know more than me about that subject. That's right. 80% of the laws I passed were repeals of bad laws. Terrible laws. Get them off the books. Reduce regulation. Um, so if you, if you can put 49 guys in a field to kill a speckle belly goose, that's ludicrous. Where does it stop from there? Is that guy going to go, let's try a hundred. Of course he is. Let's try. I got an idea. We're going to do 60. We're going to do a hundred guns. We're going to do a hundred guns. That's going to be awesome to have 300 dead specs. Is it two or three specs in Arkansas? That's you know what? 200 dead specs. That's not a hunt. That's a slaughterhouse. That's my point. And it's, and people are getting away with it and they expect it not to give hunting a black eye because it's legal because we're not doing anything unethical because we're not breaking the law. You're giving hunting a black eye. 4950. He's trying to find a picture right now. Are you don't name any outfitters? Don't name anybody. Just show a picture. If you find one. <laughs> That's crazy. Let me see, please. It's like 30 people. That looks close up. I've seen many far. Look at that. Yeah. That's terrible. That is so terrible. That's just terrible. That is hunting a black, uh, giving it a black eye. One hundred percent. But again, if it's legal. And it's in the means of the law. I guess we we're, who are we to say what's right or wrong, but you, but to have, to say that we have compassion for the animals we pursue and respect for the resource. Is that compassion? 49 guns going off on a group of geese. That's like lottery numbers. All right. When I call your number, you shoot this go right here is going to be seven, 11, 21 and 34. Everyone has a different threshold. Every person, ha- every individual has a different threshold for what is ethical. I or I mean, it kind of. I don't think a threshold is something that I think a threshold is the bad word to use. I mean, I'm not trying to get past something to get over it or to become proficient at it. Or like a threshold is like, man, if I could get past this second mile, I can go 10 miles. Like, I don't think that's a threshold. That's looking at it from the outside going, that's too many freaking guns. No, I'm saying everyone has a personal threshold of what is ethical and wasn't what is not. Or they're just not educated enough on the the science of hunting and the science and, and of and biology of these birds. Do you think that we've worked our asses off as a hunting community to to bruise it now with 49 people shooting a shotgun at a group of speckle belly geese in Arkansas? Well, that's just crazy. What, what I said or to no, have 49, 49 people? people. That's I've crazy. seen groups way bigger than that along fence lines with a, a big wide angle lens. I'm not bullshitting you. That doesn't sound enjoyable to I me. I wouldn't walk up to him and go, what are you doing, man? You know, it ain't my business. I'm just having a discussion on a podcast forum. That's all I'm doing is I'm trying to figure out, is it is it kosher? Go and, ahead. And it's not like it's, you know, your group met this group in the field y'all were both trying to hunt it was all kind of it was an organized kind of hunt you don't know that for sure 
Not in every instance. Not in every instance, but, but some I do. Of those... I have heard that some outfitters are teaming up down there, and they both know the landowner, and they're both play, paying money, and they're and they're getting a certain amount of gun, you know, per gun yeah. per day. Yeah, and that's where the specs are. A good spec hunter, you go over and run traffic or something. Yeah, I've hunted in the best places in the world in my opinion like the front range of colorado more lesser county geese and it was i mean it's probably still is the best there is for lessers kansas amazing oklahoma you're not in a blind with 30 people i've never hunted 10 in a in a hunt in colorado that's a lie i did one time on a gravel pit lessers over an ice hole with mallard view ice heaters in it and they'd ball up and they'd come in there and after the first go i almost started crying i was like oh my god that's havoc that many shots going off and they're all balled up in the middle of an ice hole, they're dead. Like they're you wipe out the entire flock. But it's the it's the mentality like we're gonna get them and we're gonna get them good. I'm not that mad at them. Never have been. I just don't understand why you would put 40 people in a field to hunt a, a wild goose. You don't do it on any other animals. I mean, you could walk a field with 40. Yes, they do. I don't know. They never drive seen, deer. I've never seen 40 people. I don't know anything about a deer drive. Wisconsin, in Wisconsin, I mean, I do not participate in deer drives. I do not. They still do those? participate in deer drives. But it is not uncommon to have 10, 12, 15 people on a deer drive. That's a, not uncommon at all. I do not participate in drives. Why? I don't think... I, I don't feel comfortable with the safety of it. Number one. Number two, I enjoy when I deer hunt. I don't enjoy deer hunting as much as waterfowl hunting, so I'm, I'm doing it much less. But I enjoy the solemnity of it and sitting in a stand and, you know, raising a food plot the right way to fool Mother Nature for that deer to get closer to rattle a buck. And to this day, I've never killed a trophy buck with my bow. Because I have been too uh, ethical. I've wanted to kill, you know, a grown adult, mature buck. And I've never look here. Deer don't have a chance in Wisconsin. Oh, yes. How many how many hunters are out on opening day of rifle when we were there last year? Six hundred twenty three thousand. Did you hear this? Six hundred and twenty three thousand people. The Orange Army. Shooting at deer. That's nuts. That is nuts. It's pretty cool, though. It's actually. pretty awesome. It's pretty awesome. But I don't like the whole thought of a deer drive. But you'll put 10 people on a goose drive. Yes. 10's a lot of people. 70, I don't seven prefer drives. it. But it's okay to do with geese. But the deer, that's... Now, we're, now all of a sudden we got Bambi in our vision or what? I think that... No, that that's not it for me. It, again... If you're going to kill, you, if you kill a one-year-old deer because you're putting it on the table and eating it, I have no ethical problem with that at all. For me, the deer drive uh, doesn't feel safe enough for me to partake in it, to participate. And, you know, and the reality of it is they're safe because very, very, very few people get injured in Wisconsin's deer season every year. It's a very safe hunt for the amounts of people who are participating in it. The The proof is in the pudding, and historically, they're very safe in Wisconsin. Do accidents happen? Yes, they do. 
Anytime <clears throat> you put your hand on the cold steel of a firearm, you are assuming the responsibility of doing that and understanding the potential dangers of it. And the deeper understanding you have for that, the more respect you have for it. I want to make sure I have this right, though. I don't want to get into deer hunting. Weirdos. I'm talking about hunting in general. <laughs> I know. I'm kidding. It's okay to have 10 hunters in a goose field for Canada geese, but it's not okay to have 40 of them in a spec field. I just want to make sure that I'm getting my facts straight here. Everybody draws their line somewhere, Chad. I'm asking your line, Joel. It's okay to have 10 on a Canada goose shoot with seven rounds apiece, but it's, and it, it's not okay to have... 40 with three rounds a piece in a spec hunt in a spec field because i know that they shoot 40 50 guns on these spec hunts i've seen it just i just want to be clear on this i just ethically i'm trying to make sure that i understand all this and that i have it organized in my little brain here got a little brain got to make sure i got it cleared got one little one I've, little i don't know I've put your hats on they're pretty big no my head's pretty small male model <laughs> a hand model no like zoolander <laughs> it's a question to think about what are we really doing by putting 10 12 people with seven shots in a cornfield line to shoot at incoming canada geese is it really a hunt is it management it goes from 15 to one bird here in the next month the science has been done there's people way above my pay grade that that know better than i do but I'm just simply asking with the, that amount of bullets, shells being shot into the air and BBs and all that flying into the air like that. Is it kosher? Is it good for the sport and the culture of hunting? Or are we taking a chance of black eyeing it even more? Where does it stop? Look, there's hogs in Texas that are devastating to cropland. What do we do? Let's get above them in a helicopter. That shit's awesome. They're raining them down. You want to do my drumming, Joel? They're, I mean, that's what they're doing to manage hogs. Helicopter hog hunts. Who'd have thought? Pretty badass. Um, is it ethical? Is it management practices? Or is it because ah, it's just a hog? Is it just, it's just a hog. Should I did thermal last week in Texas. I want, never wanted to quit. I go down there and start my own company tomorrow and do it every night. I just got sent pictures just now of last night's hunt. They killed 11. That's fun shit. That thermal. Shooting hogs in thermal is awesome. I don't see a difference. What? From unloading semi-automatic or automatic guns on hogs from a helicopter and managing a goose population I don't see much of a difference. Me neither. If you're managing a population and the goal of that is to remove a certain number from that population, I don't have an ethical problem. You already told me that it was ethical a ethical problem with you to have that many shells going off. You already said it. Now you're backpedaling? No, I'm not backpedaling. I'm saying you have to consider the factors and every situation is different. And there's a reason there's 15 geese limits per person per day today, and next week there will not be. We got to have Nick in here to talk about this, huh? I think so. 
He's he already told me he's got a face for radio. Perfect. Then he'll fit in with us. Is everything going according to plan with this dinner tonight? So far. When you took the livers out of the Canada geese, do you get excited about this pate? I, you know what? I get excited about the fact that when a lot of people think they're done with the goose after it's breasted out, that I, I'm finding some goofy thing extra to do to find another way to eat a part of it. That's cool. That's cool to me. I do. I, do, I love it. I've I, never seen Canada goose liver pate recipe anywhere else. <laughs> do you think it's going to be good tonight? Do you have everything you need here that you like you did it the other day? Yeah, I think so. I mean, here's the deal with cooking. I, I always get a little nervous because one of my biggest joys in life is cooking for other people and watching them eat it and hearing what they have to say about it after. And I mean, I'm a little nervous about it because we're going to have a big crew here. So what are you serving it on? You never know exactly how it's going to turn out. I bought a box of Ritz crackers. So we're going Ritz crackers with Canada goose liver pate. We're going alligator from Florida. Right. Euros on pita bread with, with sliced onions and tzatziki sauce. And you have cucumbers for that? I did not buy a cucumber. Well, how do you make the sauce? You don't need cucumber in the sauce. Ugh. Uh, yeah, you do. Okay, the answer is I forgot to buy the cucumber because you were running through the store so fast. Pretty quick, huh? I couldn't keep up with you. You ever heard the Offspring song that goes pretty fly for a white guy? Of course. Hey, Jack, do you mind hopping in that truck, dan, running dan, down dan, to the store dan, and getting dan, a cucumber? Dan. Part of my joy is cooking with what I have in, in the place. And figuring out how different flavors are going to create flavors that you may be missing, but you, you make it up here. If you're going to the store, grab a cucumber. That'd be very nice of you to do. What do you need to go to the store for? Just for snacks and treats for this next week. What kind of snacks do you need? Quest bars. We pick oh, up some quest bars. Oh, can you pick up a, a hanger? Not painted. Not a non-coated hanger. Well, or just some wire of some sort. We're going to make a spit. And checking it twice. We're going to find out who's naughty or nice. Santa Claus is. Santa Claus is coming to town. Santa Claus is coming to town. Best, That's best time of the fun. year. It's almost Halloween. Dude, Halloween candy's out. Okay. It's time to put people to sleep again. Oh boy, that's not going to take much for me. Another out. Joel has. I'm not kidding. He has the energy of an infant. <laughs> I'm waiting for him to have a pacifier in his mouth. You know, when I do those cooking segments, people tell me I have too much energy sometimes. Really? Too much. Oh yeah, you come off like the guy that sold that Flex Seal shit that died of a cocaine overdose, Billy. Uh, wow. Billy. <laughs> Thank you. What was his name? Billy something. Hey there. Does your boat have a leak in it? <laughs> and then he'd be out there rowing in that boat with the flex still on the bottom you of know, it. When you start those sentences, I st just wait with bated breath for the compliment that's coming afterward. I compliment you a lot. I thought that your salmon <laughs> cakes were amazing last so night. Good. I'm so hungry. Do right you now. give me any of the credit for that salmon recipe or none at all? Did I get any? I thought I did a, quite a bit of into it. You ate the salmon very well. It's good enough. 
I'm not gonna lie. Do you think those guys are texting each those other over there? If they're or are they on Tinder, or are they? Yeah, we got some buddies coming tonight. Oh, wow. sorry about that, <laughs> bull. <laughs> yeah, just uh, you could get your girlfriend from here, dude. Just get an extra long pick'em stick. <laughs> That's. <laughs> All right, we're gonna get off this podcast. I don't I don't know if we got anywhere again. I'm just having an issue with those volleys I heard. That's scary to me. Cause they were literally 10 second volleys, eight to ten second volleys. Back to back. There was there was no time in between too. <laughs> they had seven shells in their guns, I bet. You think? I don't know if anybody we hunted with had seven shells in their guns. All of them did except us two. Really? Yeah. Hmm. I don't think I've ever taken the plug out of my gun except to clean it. The only ones I have them out of are my snow goose guns. Rob Roberts has dialed us in with our snow goose guns. The snow goose getters. Okay. New episodes of The Foul Life appearing right now on the Outdoor Channel. Rubs and cookbooks available at theproviderlife.com. Get your new Wrecking Ball or Crazy Train Goose Calls, the new Mega Force Single Read Duck Call at jargongamecalls.com. Check out our sponsor league, please, at thefowlife.com. And per- just please support the partners and sponsors that support us. And I always say it's not just because there are partners. They're the industry, the culture of this. They're supporting this culture. Check them out. The non-endemic ones. Traeger supports the American hunter, fisher, gatherer, conservationist, provider. Right, Joel? Yes, sir. Joel, put down his microphone. Joel, pick up your microphone. I want you to end this podcast with a little rendition of, um, I'm going to have you do. Uh, no, no. Yes. No. That dance you did last night. I'm going to post that for sure. But go ahead and give us a little bit of. Some rap. You want rap? No, I want you to do Bob Seeger night moves. Working on the. Oh no! How about this? I don't Take know us that out. Song well Take enough. us out with this one. I guarantee you know this one as you approach your sixties. Uh, Ameri- I am not approaching my sixties. <laughs> American Pie by Don McLean. Go. Bye bye, Miss American Pie. Drove my Chevy to the levee, and the levee was dry. Ooh, that last note was horrible. Did you write the book of love and do you have faith in God above? That was horrible. If the Bible tells you so, do you believe in rock and roll? Can music? It's the foul eye for in goose camp, upstate New York. Pretty soon we're going to have Nick McNamara on here, owner and founder of Basswood Lodge. We're cooking for himself, him and all of his guides tonight. We're going to have a blast. There's going to be uh, 14 of us here tonight. We got some firefighters coming up from New York City that were part of the terrorist attacks on September 11, 2001. We're going to be filming with them for the next five days, and then we're headed down to the city to film at the memorial, the museum, and their firehouse. We're going to talk to the officers. We're going to talk about what went on that day. A couple of them were 21 years old when it happened. First day on the job. And that's what they were faced with was those towers crumbling. Don't forget it. Go back and watch those videos and watch those planes fly into them and what those bastards did to us and how the New York City Fire Department and police officers and first responders responded to that event, knowing that they were going into that building to save the people that were in their offices working. Crazy. We get to talk with them. We get to hunt with them. We get to socialize and just have kinship with them and a cold beer and a Jack Daniels and some Traeger meats. I'm fired up. The Foul Life Podcast, Joel Cleefish, Chad Belding. 
This is 2 a.m. Logic. Thanks to our guest appearance today by Eli Neely. You guys can check out Eli on Instagram at Eli Neely Photography. He almost looks like he's from here. He kind of looks like he would be from here in a, in a cart and bu- a buggy and a horse, yeah? Look at him. He could do it. He put the hat on. <laughs> Peace out. Soul, I'll ride it hard and never cry.